You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 250. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to a very special episode of Biceps After Babies Radio because I have my husband. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> That's 250 hey, hey, hey so far. Okay. 750 yeah. hey, hey, hey. Oh, because I always say three of them? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fun? <laughs> that is very fun. You know what's not fun, though? Techniques, technical stuff? Tech stuff. Yeah. The cover art for this photo we totally jo- joked is like us like smashed next to each other around one mic because we couldn't make <laughs> the two mic things work. We spent 45 minutes, I just spent 45 of my precious life <laughs> trying to make two mics work on GarageBand and... Why is it so complicated? We finally gave up. I don't up. understand why it's so complicated. <laughs> we finally gave up. So I'm releasing all that frustration <laughs> from spending so much freaking time trying to get two mics to work and we are now very cutely huddled around one mic. There's so much negative energy just gone right now. It's just like fading off into the wind. I'm imagining it getting just like blown away. There we go. Yes. <laughs> visualize that negative energy release. <laughs> okay. But why are we here today? We are here because a very requested episode, um, is one we're recording about how I built my business. So this I thought would be a fun conversation to have alongside my husband because he's been the only one who's literally been there since day one from partner in crime and like, I guess negative day one, you know, yeah. it's like you've been there before, before this was even a thing. And I thought it'd be really fun to talk about before there were biceps, before there were babies, <laughs> you were there before I biceps there. and before babies. <laughs> I'm biceps before baby. No, I didn't have biceps yeah. before babies either. Yeah, no, okay. but he's been there from the very beginning. And so I thought it would be fun to have this conversation about how I built my business and what that process has has been like. And, you know, some of you listening are likely listening because you're in the process of building a business. And, you know, I know for for myself, it's always fun for me to listen to other people who are building businesses. Uh, It's almost like getting in the pool together. (laughs) It's like sometimes, maybe not even the pool, maybe like the the hog slop together. (laughs) It's like (laughs) you just realize that it's hard and it kind of helps you feel like you're not alone in in the struggles of building a business. Um, And some of you guys are listening because you're like, I have no desire to build a business, but I'm super curious about it. And there's a little, a little of this like voyeuristic, I don't know. It's like not my life, but I like to learn about it. And it's I think you can learn about other people's lives. kind of fun to hear about other people's see lives. See yourself and their experiences and, you know, take the stuff you like and leave the stuff you don't. Yeah. So my hope is for those of you who are building a business that this will be uh, maybe therapeutic for you to see that other people struggle and it's not all rainbows and butterflies and that building a business is really freaking hard and really awesome in a lot of ways. And seeing, I think people and, and like succeed is inspiring, even sure. if that's not what you're going to do, right? Like maybe you don't want to start a business, but we just watched that show. Was it Edge of the Unknown about mm. all these like wild athletic things that people do, like climb up ice 
sickles and you know go <laughs> climbing and then surf jaws and like <laughs> all that wild stuff and it's just exciting to see people performing even though i have no desire to climb an icicle right an icicle you remember that one that, icicles. The, that one guy oh, remember the waterfall true. that like froze like there's water that's like frozen and he like climbs he up climb the waterfall icicles. that's like frozen it's crazy yeah so so whether you have a business or not my goal is for this to be a fun episode and you know doing it with my husband always brings in a little bit of fun. So fun. Because you're so fun. Um, so let's start even before 2016. So I actually officially founded my business in 2016. Mm-hmm. But something that my friend pointed out to me that I oh, did yeah. not realize That's a good point. about myself was she made this. It was a very offhanded comment that she made this uh, observation that I have always worked Mm-hmm. ever since we got married. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Because I... Well, even before we got married. I mean, well, that's you, true. Right. I've always worked. Yeah. <laughs> like always since, since you teenager. Since you've known me, I've always had some sort of job. Mm-hmm. In college, I was a TA. I TA'd for a bunch of different well, classes. Before that, you grew tobacco. I did grow tobacco. <laughs> that was my very, very first job. That's always a claim fun. to fame. It's always a really fun story. It's like one of those like two truths and a lie story. <laughs> I grew tobacco. My very first job was growing tobacco at age 16. And then you were a banker. I was a banker. Yeah, living that good life at the banker's hours. <laughs> yeah, I was a banker, a teller at Washington Mutual. Um, anyway, but I worked as a TA during college, and then uh, as soon as I graduated college, I was a nurse. And then after I was done nursing, and you were in residency, well, I you worked s- as an LVN during school during college. Oh, that's too. true. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, this doesn't. This is a this is a long <laughs> and a long. detailed story, but yeah. Uh, and then I taught fitness classes for eight years, mm-hmm. and then I started my business. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, it was just a, it was a realization I had not had of this idea that like as much as I had considered myself a stay at home mom, I really had always had something that was mine that was earning an income that was like doing something in the world. Something that you thought was important that then you enjoyed, um, you know, and kept you engaged and invested in your own personal growth and development. Yeah, and I actually had this realization this week because last week I interviewed Kate and we I talked about the value I felt of having her see me grow a business. And, you know, while there's challenges associated with that, of course, there's also a lot of good that comes from your kids seeing that modeled. But I was talking to you recently and I was saying what the realization I had this week was not that me inherently working was the, is the positive thing for the kids. I don't think you have to work for that to be a positive thing for the kids. I think what is positive for them is to see me going after something that's important to me. And for me that, you know, or the things that I've invested in and the business I'm building and those things that that's, that's for me, but that may not be for you. But what I think is valuable is seeing your kids seeing you be true to who you are yeah. and, and, and going after that. Honest living, right? Honest like living, living, yeah. living in accordance with your ideals and you know, honestly to yourself, what you think is important and, and re- reflecting that with your actions. Right. And so, um, that was a realization that I had. It was like, it's not the working that I feel like has right. been positive. It's the, this is something that's important to me and I'm going to go after it. Yeah, positive impact on the kids. Yeah. yeah and that, sure. that's been awesome. So that was a interesting realization that I had, but let's go to 2016. I'm curious at what point do you remember me starting to talk about Instagram or business or anything? I, I don't really remember this. Well, I don't remember you really showing me, like, I didn't know you were on Instagram. Yeah. I kind of thought that's kind of, that's kind of how I thought it was too. All of a sudden you were just spending more time on your phone and I was like, what is she doing on her phone? And this was back before like social media was 
as huge as it is now, right? Like, I mean, now you see people on, on their phone, you just assume they're on Instagram. <laughs> but like back then, like Instagram was still pretty small and Facebook was just, I don't know, not that popular on the phone platform at the time. And so I was just confused. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. And then I think, I don't know. I mean, once upon a time, I asked you what you were doing and you told me you were... And I'm like, I started an Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was like, what is that? Because <laughs> I did not have an Instagram account. No, yeah. no. And I was naive to that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, this is classic me and I'm trying to be better about it of like just deciding I wanted to do something and just like freaking going and doing it and not asking permission or telling yeah. anybody about it. Yeah, because then your Instagram like feed started getting filled with pictures of your like abs and belly like on the, you know, internet for the world to see and I just wasn't sure how I felt about that yet. And, yeah, that you know. was a conversation. Yeah. Okay, let's well let's get to that. So, okay. how did my Instagram account start? Um, January of 2016, I always set new year's resolutions. Like I always have been a new year's resolution person. TJ knows like it's always a thing for me. It's like a, a every year. Mm-hmm. And so that year, I don't even think I shared this resolution with you. This is so, obviously so exposing, it's exposing some <laughs> things that I need to work on in my relationship um, is that I decided I wanted to get a six pack and it was inspired by realizing like I spent a lot of time at the gym. Mm-hmm. I was teaching five to seven classes a week. Like I spent a lot of my time at the gym and I felt like my body always looked the same. Mm -hmm. And whenever I say this, there are (laughs) inherently women who like are sitting there nodding their head and being like, yes, I totally get that. Of like, I put so much time in the gym, but my body always looks the same. And that was me. I was like, I work out all the time, but nothing ever really changes. And I feel like for all the time that I'm putting in the gym, I should be able to have a a six pack. Like that should be able to be something that's achievable for me. And so I said, I'm going to, I'm going to get a six pack. And, um, the way that I decided to do it was through macro counting. Now, back then it was, it wasn't really called macro counting. IIFYM. IIFYM. If it fits your macros was kind of the terminology. Mm -hmm. Flexible dieting was another thing. Mm -hmm. And the, I, I had come across this because I was scrolling through Pinterest and I saw a picture of a woman with like a before and after where it was like, you know, before she started counting macros and then after with like a six pack. And I was like, click on that because that's what I want. Double tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably wasn't even double tap. No, it was then. a it click because I clicked yeah. through her, to her blog. She oh, had like a blog. Okay. Yeah. And so I like read through this blog and she was like talking about reverse dieting and all these things. And I like did not understand any of it. But by the end I was, I was starting to pick up on this idea of like macronutrients, carbs, fat, and protein. And from my like logical scientific nursing mindset, I was like, okay, this actually makes sense to me. Most diets don't make sense to me. Like cutting out food groups, not eating sugar, like eating no fat, like no ice cream. That does not make sense. Yeah, That doesn't make sense. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. But from my like nursing background, I was like, this actually makes some logical sense to me as to like why this would create a body composition change or why this would promote fat loss. And so I was like, we're going to, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Um, and I did. And like, I got a lot of results. I got a lot of results in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was like eight weeks and I had like a six pack. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I started out, I was already lean. You'd already had built a lot of muscle. I'd already built a lot of muscle and I was already lean. Right. Um, so it, you know, that was a faster experience, but that was crazy to me to think that just by tweaking my nutrition, 
which felt like a very kind of a slight tweak because I was still eating ice cream. I was still like eating treats and things. It felt like just like this slight tweak made such a big difference in my body composition. Yeah, I don't know how slight. I mean, the scale came out. We started weighing foods and you know all that stuff, and you started having to plan your things. I mean, I I, I think your point your point's a good one. Like you you know nutrition was the missing link, hundred percent. I don't know. I just. I guess what I meant is changes in food selection. Yes, 100%. So, yes, effort had to go into it and, like, planning and weighing food and, like, all of those things. Yes, that is Mm -hmm. definitely more effort. But I guess what I was surprised about, and I think a lot of women will resonate with this, is there is this belief and thought that I have to drastically change the way that I'm eating and I Mm. can't eat any foods that I like to be able to make the change occur in my body and I didn't have to do that and I still was able to see a change in my body and that was what was really revolutionary to me because every time I had tried to lose weight before it had always been about pulling out foods that I liked right Right. don't eat pizza don't eat candy don't eat (laughs) (laughs) hurts your heart (laughs) you know don't eat these foods and this was the first time in my experience that one I really got results the other times I didn't get results Mm -hmm. when I was like restricting and like not eating the foods that I wanted to. I wasn't getting results. This was like the only time I got results and I didn't have to cut out those things. It, it really felt like I was cheating and I was like winning at life. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> and so that was the experience that I had. And I, again, I didn't tell DJ any of this. So, so great. Um, we, we just, at the same time, very proud of you for being able to like, you know, know what you want and go after it, you know? Sure. There's always a light and a dark side. That's right. right? That's right. Um, so I had these results and I was like, freaking have a six pack and I eat ice cream. Like this is a, why, why do not more people know about this? That was really, was like, I should start an Instagram account and just start sharing the things that are happening, that are occurring, that this amazing thing that I found that's called macro counting that like at that time, most people did not know yeah, about. It was super, new. super it was, it, it wasn't new. It was moving from the bodybuilding world into the general population. Mm, so right. at, for a general population, it was, it was a new concept. Yeah. And so, um, that's when I started my Instagram account and I was like, I'm just going to start sharing. And I had to come up with a name. I don't know if you know the story. Do you know the story how, about how I came up with biceps after babies? I just know it was in the car, in the van. I was the in the van. Dropping off kids or something? I was in the par, uh, in the driveway. And I remember I was like scrolling through that, something. Because that we had talked about. Maybe this, at this point, maybe you were. I was like four weeks or six weeks into my cut or something like that when I. When you came up with your. Because you came up with Instagram. it for your handle, for your Instagram account. Yeah. You didn't come up with it for the business. No, oh. it came up. As, this was not a business. Yeah, I was not yeah. starting an Instagram account for a business. Reason, the, entire, the name Biceps After Babies came when the business came. I didn't realize. No, it was a handle. Yeah. It was okay. the handle I had to select. Okay. But I remember scrolling through, and I kept thinking along the lines of like Mom of Four, hmm. like Mom of Four gets fit, or it was like something along the lines of Mom of Four, right? Because that's like unusual to have like four kids and like yeah. be into fitness. And so I kind of like wanted to tap into something that, but I didn't want to do that. Do you know why? No. Because I was pretty sure that we were done having kids. Uh, but I was but like, what if what, we had, what another, if we had one? another one? <laughs> 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 then I would have five kids and it like, it wouldn't work anymore. Smart. This was actually like thought process. Like I actually, this is great. <laughs> Here we are. How many years later? I'm getting it. That's we still great. have four Love kids. It. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, and so then I had the aha revelation. I, I feel like it was like personal revelation. Yeah. Uh, of biceps. Oh, that's such babies. a great name. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've like told the name of your brand to, and they're like, "That is such a great name." I always joke that it's like literally the most creative thing I've ever done in my entire <laughs> life because <laughs> creativity is not like course through my veins. Um, but yeah, it was this idea that uh, 
just because you had had kids didn't mean that your fittest days were behind you, that you could still have biceps after babies. Like you could have your kids and then become fit. And that was really what I wanted to like put out into the world with this idea. Like it's never too late. It's never, you, you know, being a mom doesn't have to mean certain things about you. So that was when I started my Instagram account. Yeah, it's awesome. What a great story. And then you started getting a bunch of people that would DM you and say, like, how are you doing this? Tell me more. So I think that's a really important part of the story. Not because I think starting a business is bad or, like, doing something when you start a business or starting an Instagram account when you start a business is bad. But I do think there is something, there's, there's like, a why are you, if the only reason that you are posting on social media is because of your business. I wonder if that comes across in a way like, I guess what I feel like it's like a detachment from if you're just putting things out there to put things out there and help people, there's like a detachment from whether or not people come and pay you for anything. Yeah. What was your friend's name that I listened to her podcast and she talked, she interviewed with that, that guy that talked about different types of entrepreneurs. And he said, there's accidental entrepreneurs, which I think is what you are. Oh yeah. And there were, shoot, I can't remember the other types. Yeah. Uh, you knew the author when I told you his name, but anyhow, but you know, I mean, think being an accidental entrepreneur was kind of your style, but to your point, I think like if the, the goal of successful CEOs is to put good things into the universe and Oh, they make money. Not, I'm trying to make money and, and hopefully so whatever I put out. out there is good. Yes. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it, it's like, where is it coming from? What What right. is your goal with putting things out there? Is it to get paid or is it to like help people? Right. And I think if your goal is to help people, the money follows There's that. always room in every market for more good product yes. or service, you yeah. know, right? It's not always room to make money, but there's always room for good stuff and the good stuff always makes money. Yeah. So I didn't start the account thinking, Oh, I'm going to have a business and I'm going to like start coaching clients. It, it really happened very organically. Just as I was posting, people would DM me and be like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Like, can you help me? And I was like, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that sounds fun. That's great. Well, you like to teach and you had taught totally. TA and you had taught classes. So that was yeah. always kind of in your nature. Yeah. Like education was always something I really yeah. enjoyed. And you know, I, I was a little naive in like, well, if I can get myself results, then I can get other people results as well. Like, I think now I look back and like, that's a little naive, but I appreciate the, uh, <laughs> got to start somewhere. Hey, you got to start somewhere. And I appreciate one of the things that I do love about myself is like my ability to just say, I want that and just like go for it and not second guess or wonder or worry. Or yeah. like, I kind of just like dive in head first and hope I can swim. Yeah, we're a good compliment to each other on that sense because I tend to be the ruminator and the sit there yeah. and reflect and think about it 10 times. And I write a post and I'm like, ooh, how could she read this? Oh, what if some person I've never heard of before that doesn't really like me thinks about this? What, how would they read it? And Amber's like, let's just get it done. <laughs> it's just like put it out there. That's great. And nice balance. Yeah. So um, so that was really how, like, I, I remember I got my first client. It was February 25th of 2016. Oh, on my birthday? It was on your birthday. Mm. And that was my first paying client. And I think I wrote like a, a program for her. Like I wrote like a lifting program for her. She like wanted like a workout mm-hmm. thing. So I like started there and that was really, it was, it was really just very organic of people wanting me to help them. And I think if you are at the point of starting a business, that is the thing that I want you to be pulling away is what we've been talking about is like, how can I serve? Mm-hmm. How can I help somebody? How can I put something out there? Not, not just to get paid, but like if you are genuinely looking to help people and make their life better, the money follows, the clients follow, the business follows, the building follows, uh, that initial just desire to serve. Yeah. How long was that? I mean, I remember having a conversation with you about charging people and I remember that was 
uncomfortable for you. Yeah. yeah. I did a couple people for free. Like yeah. I remember I coached some of my friends yeah. for free and, um, you know, I have thoughts about like coaching for free yeah. and whether that's actually beneficial for people. But for me, that was just a way to like get my feet wet and kind of prove to myself that like I could be provide some value to yeah. somebody before charging them. But yeah, charging's hard. It was. I mean, I just it's remember. A thing. I remember there was a, like there was questions of self value, totally. questions of whether you're really offering something that's worth paying for, and questions about you know, how whether much is the right amount. Yeah, all those things. Yeah, so. it was hard, yeah. uh, but I you know, I did it and <laughs> did the hard thing and, just uh, and just, I just got started. And I think that's another thing that is really important to take away is like, it's just messy action. Messy action. It just is like, I made a whole bunch of mistakes, mm-hmm. man. I would go, there's a whole lot of things I would go back and tell like 2016 Amber, but I had to like learn those lessons. And some of them were hard lessons to learn. Like I remember <laughs> I had a couple of experiences, uh, with other people mm-hmm. and like other influencers in the space and mm-hmm. kind of like having some headbutting experiences online yeah with some other people in the space Mm -hmm. and then I also remember somebody I like made friends with and then I like asked her for something and it was too much and that like spoiled and ruined that relationship and like I don't know the stories you'll have to tell me yeah so I mean I just I made a lot of mistakes and you know didn't do everything perfect but that's not the goal the goal is to start helping people take action yeah and um so that very quickly escalated yeah, because first you so suddenly you started getting your DM requests, and so you started coaching people. So then I finally like, decided I was like, okay, well maybe this is a business yeah. question mark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you know you just started like I think you just accumulated a lot of people in a really short period of time. Like when they found out that you were doing coaching, and then I don't I mean maybe because it was so great, or maybe it's because your price was so low. But like well, they just I think started, it's probably like, a combination of both. <laughs> but I I do remember like the biggest, and I tell this to new entrepreneurs like the best marketing is word of mouth. Yeah. You know, especially in our space, it's like, what would happen is I would coach someone and they would get results and then they would tell their Their sister sister and their sister-in-law and their their friend, you know, it was like word of mouth. There's nothing like word of mouth marketing. Yeah. And, and that was really what I built my business on was just like word of mouth marketing. There wasn't a lot of people doing what I was doing, Mm -hmm. right? There was some, there were some others. I was definitely not the first person in the space, Mm -hmm. but there was not a ton of other people doing what Mm -hmm. I was doing. And you know, I, when you get people results and you you help people, mm-hmm. they let other people know, and that's really how I started to build my, my business was with one on one coaching. Yeah, and it was all via DM at the beginning. Oh no, text message. Well, mostly text message. I did, yeah. yeah. It was text message it was and all email. Text messages and email check ins. That's right. And then we had this like giant Excel sheet for a while, and that just got to be like super cumbersome when there was like so many people. And then I built you that access, the Microsoft Access database. That was pretty cool. I felt like a that was I was contributing. That he was contributing <laughs> to the business. Yeah, because like trying to keep track of all of these like online check-ins. Again, there was like now I feel like there's platforms that are built yeah. to help coaches to be able to manage this stuff. Like there was none of that back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was very much like trying to bootstrap everything with Excel and like creating, you know, systems and processes in the business to be able to like do all these check-ins and, yeah, and you had to like templates keep track of and everybody's macros, how you would tweak them for the week and what their weight was and what their bicep measurement was and all these different things. And, you had and like, when they were paying me and when I got paid and oh, when yeah, I needed to get paid and like, right. I, I did all of my pain through Venmo. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. <laughs> I would not recommend that. P.S. Um, <laughs> we probably got underpaid on some of those things. <laughs> um, but like everything was through Venmo. Yeah. yeah and I, I liked it because at the time there was no fee. Yeah. Now, and I mean, I, I paid all my taxes, but like, I guess there still is no fee if you do it via friends and family. But um, anyway, I, that was like, I didn't want to get, it was, just, get, simpler. It was just, just simple. I didn't want to get credit card hard. processing fees and whatever. Right. So that was, that was what I 
you know, what I built. And in the first year of my business, uh, I grossed $50,000. That was my like gross revenue Mm -hmm. for the year. I don't really know what my net was, but for my first year in business, pretty close to that because you didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a ton of expenses. You're only employee. I put up a question box on my Instagram asking what questions people had. And one of the questions was how long before you were profitable. And my opinion is with an online business, you should be profitable from day one. (laughs) Or if like not day one, like close to day one, maybe you invest in like some sort of certification or something like that. But the, the, if you're doing a business where you have to invest a lot to like have product on hand and like have a store and like have a lot of these like physical things that you have to have, that's a different story. But for an online business, the amount of money that you have to invest before you can start making money doesn't have to be literally anything. I had a free Instagram account. I had a Gmail account. I did Venmo for my payments. That's it. <laughs> you already had Microsoft Excel. <laughs> right. Like I already had, you know, had Microsoft Excel. So like I, I, I just think you don't need to invest a lot of money, especially in an online business to get it up and running. And so being profitable by the first year should absolutely be a goal. Which I think gets back to your earlier point that like just getting started is getting started. Yeah. You know, you don't have to wait till you have a million things or a million dollars or a million dollars worth of investment or something. Or a million followers. Or like a million followers. Yeah. Just get going. Just getting started helping people. Yeah. And that was, you know, kind of where I was at. So that was 2016. 2017, I like grew and grew and grew. Yeah. At one point, I think you had like 120 clients. This, so this was like the breakdown moment. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell the breakdown moment. It was like summer of 2017. Well, I'm probably sensitive to this because I had missed so many, you know, family activities from like medical school and residency training and all this other stuff. But we were on a family vacation in Almanor in 2017. And you, you know, I mean, I, had, I literally had like 120 clients. Yeah. And the good part about having online business is that you can be anywhere and do your work. And the bad part about having an online business is you can be anywhere and have your work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we went on this family vacation to a place that doesn't really even have great internet access, but these people all were, you know, I mean, you'd committed to helping them with their fitness journey and you didn't really have any way to take a break because you were the only you know person in the business. And I mean, you just missed a lot of that vacation. Like, you know, you spent hours. I spent a lot of time. Yeah. And hours, you know, answering 120 people's and you would get text messages at like all hours of the day while you were trying to help these people. And it was a lot. It was a lot. And so what was our coming to Jesus moment? Well, one night we were just. It was morning. Okay. We woke up one morning. Yeah. So one one morning, apparently we woke up and I just remember asking you like, well, you were uncomfortable too. Like. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you were uncomfortable because I was uncomfortable, but one way or another, like I asked you, I'm like, where is this going? Like, how far is this going to go? Obviously you're doing great things, but like, you're not here in, on this vacation. What, you know, is, is this how it's going to be? Are, are we going to change this? Is it going to get bigger still? Where and what, we, did, where and we, what did you say? What did are say? you going to be the next Jillian Michaels? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. I was, that was what you said. <laughs> You're like, what is this going to be? Are you going to be like the next Jillian Michaels? Like, I just need to know. <laughs> You're like, that's fine if it's going to be like, that. Where, where are we going? I just need to know what to expect. <laughs> and I you broke down. Broke down. Yeah. And the reason was, was because I was just as unsure as he was. Like, yeah. I, I didn't know. That was, it was, that was really scary to me to like not know. Well, I mean, again, always good with the bad, right? Like the good part of, of the way you started your business was you were just like head first, let's go, you know, messy action, go, 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 go. And then without a whole lot of thought about what it meant or where it was or where it was going. And then you just kind of get to the end of what you can handle in your current, you know, status in life, so to speak. 
and it just left you without any runway. Yeah, you know? and I, I was like, I don't, I don't know where I'm going. This, yeah. this was not anything I planned, right? This yeah. was all accidental. This was not. I didn't get started saying this is what I want to build. I want to build like the six figure business and like have all you know. I, that was not it. It was yeah. just like I was. I felt like I had caught this wave, and I was just on the wave and the wave was just taking me somewhere and I did not know where it was. And that was a little bit scary. And I think that was the reason that it hit me so hard was because it was already scary, but I like didn't Didn't think about it. it. I kind of like pushed it down and then you said it. And then I was like, Oh, there's my fear. (laughs) Fear exposed. (laughs) He like saw it. How did he know? How did he know? (laughs) And that was, that was really scary. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. That was really hard. And it was really hard. Yeah. I think it was hard for you. And by extension, it was really hard for me. Yeah. And so one thing that I had realized at that point was like, I couldn't, I I had the realization that I couldn't keep doing what I had been doing, Mm -hmm. that I could not imagine the pace that I was keeping, keeping that for 10 years, Mm -hmm. you know? And I I was like, I can't keep doing this for 10 years the way that, the way that I'm doing it. I'm hustling, I'm working hard, I'm putting in a lot of hours, Mm -hmm. but I can't maintain this pace Mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when, um, you know, we all established that Amber likes goals. And so in 2018, so now we're rolling into 2018, my, I remember my like word for the year, um, was, was strategy. Like I felt like so much of my business had been accidental and just like throwing spaghetti against the wall. And there was no strategy behind anything that I was doing. And so 2018, I was like, I'm going to freaking get some strategy. Like I'm going to be intentional about doing this thing now. I'm going to actually like work at it and, and grow something and be intentional about it. And so that's when I hired my first business coach was in 2018. I don't do you remember, remember her that? name. I'm, uh, I do, but I'm not going to share it cause I didn't really like her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do remember you hiring her. Um, I don't remember much more than that. Yeah, it was, it was fine. It, I mean, I think investing in yourself and investing in your business and I learned, I learned some things for her, uh, from her, but the biggest thing that she did for me, you know, pluses and minuses to this was encouraging me to increase my prices. I do remember that. And yeah. I, I think that was one of the things that you had a hard time with because she for was, sure. she, yeah, one way or another, she didn't enroll you on, on how to do that. And you didn't want to do that. And well, I think, so I have, a, I have some thoughts about this. I think she was probably, she was absolutely right. And, and this, a lot of beginning entrepreneurs fall into it of like under charging, yeah, right? Cause they're so scared of like charging money and there's like some worthiness issues there. Sure. Like, do I provide that much value and are people going to pay that? And you know, not wanting to be rejected. Right. So I think she had a lot, like I, she, I needed she to, right. she was right. Yeah. She was right. I needed to increase my price. And that was something I needed to work through personally to be able to do it where it got to be a problem and where I finally like cut it off was like, that was the only thing Mm. that she was giving me. Mm. It was like, that's all you got. (laughs) Okay. I've like raised my prices multiple times. And it was like the solution to any problem that I had was just like, raise your prices again. I was like, yes, that's valuable. And there is other things out there (laughs) that it's not just continuing to increase your price, increase your price, increase your price. And so that was when I did, with her, with her help was when I decided to do my first group program Mm -hmm. because I was to the point where I had scaled the business to what I could handle as as a solo entrepreneur, right? Doing Mm -hmm. one-to-one coaching. Mm -hmm. I got to the, I I couldn't do more. I could, you know, I had tapped out with my income, with the people I could help. Amount of hours you had in a day. Amount of hours I had in a day, what I was willing to do. And I 
couldn't do anymore. And so that was with her help was I, I launched, I raised my prices for my one-to-one coaching. And then I launched my first group, group program and it was called ditch the diet, ditch the diet. So I launched ditch the diet four times in January or in a, sorry, not January, but in 2018, starting in January, we did four, four launches of that. And that was kind of a hybrid of, you know, some like online teaching, Mm -hmm. which I always really enjoy. And then everybody in that program had a one-to-one coach, but it wasn't me. So I had hired three other coaches, people that I'd all coached, hired other coaches to be those coaches for the clients. But every single person in that program had group coaching with me and then the content and then also a one-to-one coach where they were like checking in with them weekly. I remember that. So that was my first program. And I remember my first launch... I had what we what I now call and like now have heard term launch freefall. Hmm. So what happens a lot of times when you open like programs is a lot of people will join like on the first day and then there's like crickets hmm. for like the next couple of days and then a lot of people join on the last day. Hmm. And so that time in between like the first and the last day is often called like a launch freefall where you're like, oh my gosh, no one's signing up. Why is like <laughs> if nothing's working? I'm so terrible. They hate my program, right? Like all of those things. I remember that because I reached out to my coach and I was like, what the heck is going on? And she had to like walk me <laughs> back me from down. the edge <laughs> and remind me that people tend to purchase on the last day and yada, yada, yada. And anyway, she was right. Um, we did have a good amount of people doing that, that program. Um, and we, so we launched it four times and that was great. I learned a lot mm-hmm. from that experience. I don't know. Do you remember anything from that time? No, I mean, 2018 was when I was like just starting my practice here as an attending. And I guess I was still in like go, go, go mode for my own stuff. And so I wasn't, I don't remember much more than that. Yeah. yeah. I also started the podcast in 2018. So October, 2018 was when I first started the podcast. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember much about it starting. I remember you telling me that it was going to start, but yeah, I don't. And then I did one of the earlier episodes with you. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of memories of it actually getting going though. Mm-hmm. Was it hard for you? Uh, or fun or exciting? Or? It was exciting. I, yeah. I always said with a podcast, I always knew I would start a podcast. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. um, I loved podcasts. I remember listening to Serial back when we lived in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, that was fun. And, like, getting really into podcasts, kind of before it was, like, a thing. Like, not everybody listened to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, like, thinking several times, like, this would be a really fun to podcast. Like, I'm not going to do it now. Yeah. But, like, I, I think I'll probably do one one well, day. Well, and I kind of have this memory, or I think this is true, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but, like, I feel like you always felt like you had a message or something you wanted to share. And, you know, social media and Instagram, like, oh, that's just true. really, it's so limiting, right? Like, Well, 2018, there was a lot of changes with the algorithm mm-hmm. in Instagram. And so Instagram was literally my only platform. It was the only way that I was getting clients. And there was a lot of changes with the algorithm in 2018, and, like, less and less people were seeing my posts, less, mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, growth, growth was yeah. slowing down and it was like, what the heck? I have all these people and none of them are seeing my posts. How can I take back control from an external platform and like put my content out in front of people? And for me, it was like, well, a podcast would be like the excellent way to do that because mm-hmm. people like an algorithm doesn't control whether people see a, a podcast or not. It's just like, if you follow it, let's, right. you're going to see that content. Gets you back to the word of mouth thing too. Cause that's where most people find their podcasts. Somebody tells them about it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So then that's what I did is I started my podcast. Yeah, I remember that. That yeah. was awesome. And then 2019, January. Everything happens in January, guys, because... That's, <laughs> how that's I, when we set goals. Because that's when we set goals, and that's how I like run my life. Um, and so in 2019, I decided my like goal for the year, my intention for the year was that I wouldn't 
taking any more one-to-one clients. Like I was going to cut off that revenue stream, that which, was scary. which was super scary because in 2018, one-to-one clients were your primary revenue stream. Right. Even though I had started ditch the diet and like launched that program four times, majority of yeah. my income came from one-to-one coaching still. Yeah. And so that was a very scary moment of saying, I want to go all in. I can't go all in with the group stuff if I am still tied down with the one-to-one. So it was like letting go of the one-to-one coaching, letting go of that revenue stream in order to dedicate more time to the group stuff, which I know I could scale higher and serve more people over the long run, but mm-hmm. it would require to me to let go of some of like that, that income in the meantime. And I actually, my income went down mm-hmm. in yeah, 2019. I remember that. And uh, I made about... I think it was like $70,000 less in 2019 than I made in 2018 because I, because I made that decision. But then in 2020, it like skyrocketed and I like tripled my income. So I think it's such a great, we, and we've had these conversations recently about this idea of letting go to let in mm-hmm. is that we think we're letting go of something, but in reality, what we get in exchange for it ends up being so much more. And I really feel like that was that an experience of that. It was like, I felt like I was letting go of this revenue stream, but by letting go, I was creating space and letting more in for building the business that I, I wanted to. Yeah. Build. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's just like, sometimes you have to make space for the new thing to be there, whether that's a new idea or a new product or a new service. I mean, you know, there's just so many different places that's true in life but i remember i recorded a podcast episode in 2019 and i think it was my goals episode and i said i'm not taking one-to-one clients anymore and that was scary (laughs) like it was scary to say it and put it out there that like Mm -hmm. that was not something i was doing anymore that i was like closing the chapter on that part of my business and like opening in this next chapter um that was really scary yeah i do i remember that part i remember that i just remember the fear i remember the challenge that that was for you um, but then that was when I started Macros 101. Mm-hmm. And that's been hugely successful and a lot of fun in a lot of places. But I mean, I don't know if you have any other thoughts about your Macros 101 like startup situation, but I, I just remember when you started um, with James Wedmore's like business by design and all of that stuff. That's when I thought the real transition started to take place. Yeah. So I had my first one-to-one business coach was in January of 2018. Mm-hmm. And we already talked about that experience and there was some kids from that. And there's some things that I, you know, ended up not. There's a reason you moved on. Yeah. There's a reason I moved on. Um, but then I joined business by design with James Wedmore at the end of 2018 or it was like August of 2018. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, and probably get into this, but like, you know, there's a whole progression of learning that happened through that over the next couple, you know, year or two or whatever. But like, the transition that that group and that that learning experience like provided for you was again like another mental shift, right? Mm-hmm. Like first you had gone from one to one to one to many with this idea that you were going to serve people in a different way, but now this next shift was going from this one to many situation to like more of a CEO like business like building a business, yeah, running it as a business like with multiple employees and other people that you know again just increases the scope of the things that you can do and the number of people that you can serve because even at one to many like there's still a limit there like mm-hmm. there's only so many things that one person can do sure but when you bring on employees and you you know exp- you expand your reach um, but learning the skill set that it took to manage those employees and how to be a visionary. And a CEO was, I think, what really came out of working with James and, you know, his different courses. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the questions that somebody asked um, on Instagram was when I hired my first employee. And uh, the first person that I hired was somebody to help with the inbox, 
like my email inbox. Who's that? And it was Brooke. Okay. And uh, and I think she also did custom macros. Mm. And that, that was my very first hire. And mm. then my next hires were, I had three coaches for Ditch the Diet, right? Because sure. I had everybody doing one-to-one mm-hmm. coaching. And mm-hmm. so I had three coaches for for that. So those those were my first hires. And I actually think like hiring for your inbox is like a really great mm. first hire. It's like something that is I don't know, for me, I think most entrepreneurs, it's draining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like being in the well, inbox, customer support and yeah. like um it's not something you like like to do. Yeah. It's something but it's something that needs to be done. Sure. And it's something that you can teach somebody else how to do, right? You can create templates and you can create email signatures and you can, you know, teach them how to respond and teach them this stuff. So that was my that was my first uh higher. But even so, like the difference between having, you know, one person doing your inbox or like a VA helping you with graphics and building a team and Mm -hmm. building a business and like with a vision, with a purpose, with that strategy piece that I was talking about was a completely different skill set that I lacked. Right. You know, I went to school for nursing. I know how that feels. I didn't take a single business course <laughs> in my entire life. Yeah. I didn't take a single marketing course my entire life. Yeah. So my knowledge bank on like marketing and business. How to write copy, how to do messaging, I didn't how to know run ads. Anything. Yeah. I didn't even know what copy was. I remember people started talking about copy and I was like, I don't know. Like the Xerox machine? I don't know. <laughs> know what that is. <laughs> they used to have those in the library. You had to stand in line. No, you know, I know what that book. is. I was like, I don't know what copy is. <laughs> copy is, if you don't, if you don't know, don't feel bad. Cause I didn't know for a really long time. Uh, copy is anything written. It's like any written word. Yeah. It's all the text in the email that you get that somebody says, Hey, join my program. Yeah. But like, I was like, why don't we just say like your email? Hey, join my program. <laughs> anyway, copy. Like I just had to learn, I just had to learn so much in terms of business. And like you said, how to be not just an entrepreneur. And James always makes this distinction, the difference between an entrepreneur and a CEO. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between yeah. an entrepreneur yeah. and the skill set is different because an entrepreneur is someone who is like big vision, wants to go from thing to thing. They always want to be like doing new shiny, things, shiny, shiny indro- object syndrome. And the CEO inherently has to be more measured. The CEO has to be concerned about like their team. It can't be jumping from thing to thing to thing. Like you have to be building a business that is going to last. And so sometimes inherently the differences between the entrepreneur and the CEO and the needs of the business can feel in conflict. Um, anyway. Yeah. I don't know how many people are listening to this that have that, you know, goal in mind of like building something large, but like, I think that, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, you know, this take home point is like, those are two different things, Yeah, you know, like yeah. getting something started, making something happening, having a degree of success. Like those are all things that are awesome and wonderful and you can do by yourself. Yeah. But like at some point, if you wanted to scale beyond that, what one individual can do, there is a mindset shift that is and not skills and, sk- and skill set development that is not insignificant yeah. that needs to be intentionally mm-hmm. developed, whether that's through external coursework or internal development or, or soul searching or something. But like, there's, those there's are di- those are different things. Yeah, yeah, and and then there's nothing wrong with being like, I just want to be a solo entrepreneur. Sure. I just want to like coach 100%. some people, and I just want to like make some revenue on the side, and I want to like just. I could have just been fine. I could even cut my clientele back and said, I'm going to have 50 clients and I'm going to earn yeah, $100,000 $100, a year, yeah. and like that's really great. And I don't have to pay anybody, and I yep. can do it all, and Simpler. like. And that's fine, yep. you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. So if, like, if that's what you want, good, awesome. Yep. When I got to that, I, I wanted more, not in, not just in the sense of like more revenue, but I wanted 
to have a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. I wanted to serve more, people. serve more people. I wanted to make, I wanted to make a name for myself. I wanted to get my message out there to more people. And in order to get your message out there to more people, like you just need more support mm-hmm. to be able to have, to build that structure, to be able to reach more people. Yeah. And that, for me, that was what I wanted. I wanted to build a multi-million dollar business because I wanted to impact as many lives as possible. And that was my, my goal, but it's, it doesn't have to be your goal. Sure. Any goal you want, whatever works for you. That's the way honest living is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, James has been influential in my development. I joined BBD in 2018. I joined next level, his like group next level, like group coaching program in 2019. And then I joined his mastermind in 2020, been in it since 2020. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's done a lot to help me to grow into that like visionary and CEO role that I've been needed to like have a a company now, like have a business, have a team, (laughs) all those things that come alongside with having a really big vision and wanting to serve a, a bunch of people. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many great things about that too. It just shifts the time you spend, what you spend with your time doing with your time, you know, like I actually think we need to grow that even a little further like we spent 45 minutes Gosh. trying to get this podcast to work so today dumb. and we spent another hour or something oh, earlier today to trying to do what were you trying to do i was trying to make it so something our contact simple. forms on from our our website weren't giving spam to our inbox yeah. we we're just getting like spam so hard just that hours of the day wasted on well not wasted but just like, de- like dedicated to this. things that don't that aren't serving the greater need, you know, it's like things like the goal with this as a CEO, especially well, the goal of everybody in the business is to do the things that like you're good at and that like only you can do stay in your zone of genius, staying in your zone of genius. And I was not in my zone of genius today trying to figure out spam filters. (laughs) That was not productive. That was frustrating, but say, Libby, here we are. (laughs) Okay. So let's see. What other questions did you get? Um, how did you figure out your niche? I guess we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, so um, this is always like an interesting conversation because when you start getting into business education, one of the first things people talk about is like finding your niche mm. uh, and, and and niching down. Mm-hmm. And I think especially in a, in a more crowded industry, there's a, like a lot of wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started out, like, I didn't really have to niche down because there was not very much competition. Yeah, though I do remember having this conversation with you about like who is your avatar. Yes, right? and I'm not saying I didn't niche down, mm. but it was not as necessary upfront to niche down because inherently macro counting in and of itself was already very niche down. Mm. Nowadays, macro counting does not niche down. Mm. Like that's there's lots of people in this space. And mm-hmm. so now you have to like niche down even further to like who exactly you serve or, or what is the unique way that you do macro counting. Sure. And, um, but I do remember this was another like pivotal moment for me. Again, that idea of letting go to let in. I remember when I made the decision to not coach guys mm, I remember that anymore. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of my business, you took anybody, freaking anybody take whoever, <laughs> whoever wanted me to coach them, I would coach you. You want to know what a macro is? I will teach you. <laughs> Male, female, old, young, like yeah. didn't matter. It right. was like anybody who wanted me to help them, like I would help them. And I, and I, as I coached more and more clients, I started to ask myself the question, one, who do I like to serve? Mm-hmm. Who do I want to serve? Mm-hmm. And two, who do I feel like I can serve very right. well? Right. And I realized that the needs that males and females tend to have in this space are very different. Sure. And that guys needed to be coached in a different way than females need to be coached. And I felt like I was more effective. I could address the needs of female clients more than males. And so I made a decision. I don't remember when this was, but I remember making the decision like, okay, I'm not, 
I'm only a female coach now. Mm -hmm. I don't coach guys. Yeah. That was scary. Yeah. Well, you're cutting off a potential. Half of the population. (laughs) (laughs) Literally half of the world. Just 50% of us. (laughs) Um, And that felt really scary to to do that. Yeah. Um, But. Yeah, I'm happy I, I did. Yeah, those numbers were always relatively small, as I recall, but still, yeah. they were not. But they weren't they were none, zero. and yeah. I still get emails from guys. I still oh, get wow. DMs from guys. Oh. I still get women wondering if their husband, yeah, if their husband can, husband do, can it. do it mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. What do you tell them? I say no. <laughs> well, like, what if, like, you know, one of your clients, like, one of your, a, women, a woman signs up to be one of your Macros 101 clients oh. and, like, wants her husband to go through it with her? Yeah, so I say if you're in the same household, you don't have to buy two programs, but yeah. you're the person who's enrolled. Like, you're the yeah. person who, you go to the coaching right. calls, you are in, like, you know, the coaching community. Like, sure. you're getting coached. Like he can come along for the ride. He can, like, watch the content. Yeah. Then that's totally fine. And, and, and the content's Fine for men and female. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, it's, it's not gender specific. But in terms of the coaching, because that's what I saw was the biggest difference, mm-hmm. was like the needs in terms of how to mm. get coached and how to help them with the coaching sure. was very different. Not, and so, Not necessarily the content, but the application right. of the content the application. that is going to be situational. Yes. Specific. And, the, and the conversations that I would have with females would be very different than the conversation I would have with males. And so I wanted to create a yeah. female-only space where we could address those concerns sure. and, and be very specific with them and, and not have to like... Yeah. talk about different things so so yeah okay um what did you plan to share with people before you went live with your account i guess i didn't yeah I you didn't really huh freaking got the the username and like you can scroll back if you want to scroll back you can scroll back to my very 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 first instagram post pretty sure it was a waffle <laughs> I need to do that now. I'm going to do that when we get off the You guys are all going to go back and like go to my very first post. <laughs> scroll, scroll, um, scroll, scroll, scroll. But scroll. it was... How many posts do you have now? Oh, like 2,000. I don't oh my know. Gosh, that's it's so like 2,500. I don't, I don't yeah. even know. But, um, you know, in the meantime, we've now... We're on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. And Facebook. So Instagram, Facebook, and now... And a podcast. And now TikTok. There you go. We just got on TikTok. It's fun. And now we understand why our kids say that these songs are TikTok songs. Yeah. My kids actually don't have TikTok, but they... But they live at school, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know so their friends, is. like, send them TikToks <laughs> and stuff. But, yes, now I understand when my kids are like, this is a TikTok song. And I was like, it's not a TikTok song. It's a song that they play on TikTok. But now, when I hear songs, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a TikTok song. <laughs> so I'm on TikTok. I'm Biceps After Babies over there. We're uh, having some fun and growing on a new platform, which brings its a whole host of like starting from ground zero. Hey, this is a good piece of advice for any of you who are starting any side of, sort of social media. Um, everybody starts at zero. Yeah. Everybody. I think it's really easy to look at people and be like, oh my gosh, she has 90,000 followers. Like Instagram's so easy for her. No, it's not. <laughs> First of all, no, it's not. And second of all, like I had zero followers up. There was a day I had zero followers mm-hmm. and I remember going and friending like all of my friends from like anything. Hoping they would friend you back. Ho- hoping they would friend me back. Like inviting them to like, <laughs> like my Facebook page, like all of those like super spammy things you did. Um, because I like had zero followers and I was like trying to build this thing, but just kind of a perspective. And it's been fun to go over TikTok. When I started on TikTok, I had zero followers. We had zero followers. I think I have like 800 now. Woo, I know climbing. maybe we're almost to 900, but we're like trying to get a thousand. Cause you get a link in bio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you want to help me get to a thousand followers, <laughs> go follow me on TikTok so we can freaking get the link in bio. You can't put a link in there until you have a thousand followers. Um, but it's been good to like start over and yeah. like start at ground zero again. So then, um, tell us why you're not on YouTube. 
like should if, if I'm a new entrepreneur oh, that's just thinking okay. about like I need as many followers as possible, should I just go to like all of the social media no, channels? It's like the worst idea ever. What um because going deep on one platform and learning it well and implementing it well and creating strategies well and understanding it well is always going to produce more results than trying to split yourself between a million right. different platforms. So it doesn't really matter what platform it is. For me, it was Instagram. Like that was the platform I chose and I went all in on. But I see a lot of entrepreneurs trying to like, it, it's, it's a trying to hedge their bets. That's mm. kind of usually where it comes from. It's mm. like, well, if I'm on five platforms, then like if one of them doesn't do very well, then maybe the other ones will. But what happens is your attention gets split and all the platforms are so different. I've learned that very intricately with TikTok. Like yeah. TikTok is very different from Instagram. And people always used to tell me that. And I was like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? It's like the same thing. It's not like it's a different culture. And so trying to like learn all the different cultures and all the different SEO and all of the different like ways to put content together and all the different just platforms in and of themselves. And the types of content that thrive in certain places, it, right? It just divides your attention. Yeah. It's like trying to chase two rabbits. You catch none of them. Whereas if you like chase one rabbit, you can do it well. Except for our bunnies when they head into the bed. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have bunnies. We actually have two bunnies. <laughs> and they're very smart. They know that if they hide under the middle of our king bed that we have a really hard time. Yeah. Them. yeah. But if there's two, we're even less likely oh, to geez, get them out. It's like, it's <laughs> right. So chase one rabbit and it doesn't matter whether, you know, if you want to go all in on YouTube, yeah. YouTube's awesome. Sure. There's a lot of, ben- there's a lot of benefits to any platform that you pick. You want to go deep on Facebook. Awesome. There's a lot of benefits. Instagram, you know, Reddit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What <laughs> like whatever, are. like TikTok, any, a podcast, Whatever you want to do, going deep on one thing and really like getting that under your belt before you branch out, right? There's a reason I didn't start TikTok till now. One, I was making sure the platform was actually going to hang hang around sure. because there's been other platforms that have come and kind of gone in terms of like, I remember Snapchat was one that like entrepreneurs were trying to figure uh, out. You kind of that played was like, that for just a few minutes. Yeah. Cause I it was that. like, is this going to be a thing that mm-hmm. people are going to, we're going to be able to like use for advertising and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another one was, oh, there was a, like a. I can't even remember what it was called now, but it, it was just recently. Um, well, Periscope was one. Oh, Periscope was like a live that you would do. And then there was one recently that was like an audio. It was like a Periscope, but it was only audio. So same thing, like things come around. And as an entrepreneur, I'm not going to put a ton of time and effort into something unless I know it's going to like have sticking, staying power. Sure. Um, and then two, I want to make sure everything else I'm really solid and set with before I start something new. And so we've kind of, you know, Instagram's kind of a little bit on autopilot. It's, we have been doing it for so long that we can kind of keep it on autopilot while we focus our attention on TikTok. I mean, I don't know, maybe your audience already knows this or starts to recognize it, but like, you know, you've built the, it's not, it's on autopilot because you built a whole system around it, right? And a team. And a team of people that, you know, take content that you have developed and then format it and, and use in you know potentially multiple places and then format it for Instagram mm-hmm. and then put it out there so like you know how many Instagram stories do you make these days I do more stories but like Instagram or, uh, posts sorry. yeah I actually do a lot of posts these days but oh. in the pa- in times past it's all repurposed content from like right things I'm already doing, right? I'm already doing coaching calls. And so we take content from there. I'm already doing podcasts. We take content from there and can put it on Instagram. Um, that's also a good, uh, segue too into this idea of building a team this weekend. We're having our executive retreat for our team. So there's four of us that are full-time in the business and we're having a retreat this weekend together to, um, vision cast and, and, you know, build community and things like that. And then in a couple months, we'll be having a full team retreat where there's seven of us now on the team four full-time and three part-time. 
it's not including the like I think we have 12 coaches now at this point and then the contractors right on top of it um but I remember the last team retreat that we had this was a full team retreat it was in 2020 and there were four of us so we had it right before the shutdown. There were four of us. And now here we are, you know, two, two plus years later, and there's seven yeah. plus 12 coaches plus contractors. Now we have full-time employees. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, you have to create that structure right. to be able to support. The growth of the structure has allowed for the um, things like the Instagram being put on autopilot, right? right. Uh, we say autopilot, but that just means some, you know, it continues to be work that's done that you don't have to devote a whole ton of personal time to which allows you to be creative and visionary in other places. Right. Yeah. What's coming next? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so what are we going to, what, what's the, are you going to be Jillian Michaels or like, you know, what are we doing? So what is it? So, 2022. So it's in, it's October. Yeah. So we only have to wait two more months before we before get the, goals, the next goal comes out. Well, I've been really clear that like one of the things that I'm, you know, that we've been developing and that we've been working on is coaching Academy mm. and, and seeing that as like, a legacy that I want to build and that I want to continue to, to build up. You know, I see having gone through building the business, I've seen how important good quality coaching is not only to getting clients results, but being able to build a business. You know, I said back at the beginning, like the reason I was able to build my business was because people got results. And I think the best marketing you can, you can be the best marketer in the world, but like having people get results is always going to be give you word of mouth marketing, which is like, it's free and it's the best you can do. And so if you are a good coach, if you can get people results, if you can shape people, if you can shift people, if you can help them, that's like all the marketing you need, especially at the beginning. And so I see a lot of coaches struggling because they're spending so much time trying to build their business without building the coach, like being able to be a really good coach and really shift people. And, and so coaching Academy kind of came out of seeing that need of like, I've developed a system and a process to be able to get deep with clients, to not just stay on the superficial, Hey, you need to like count your macros and like track your protein, right? That's really superficial. And that's where a lot of coaches start. And that's where I started. I was like, I didn't know anything other than like, Tell me what you did. What were your measurements? Let's make some adjustments to your macros. It was all about the numbers. It was was all about the numbers. And the more I coached clients, the more I realized like all of those action behaviors are driven by something so much deeper. Mm. And that when I learned how to get deep with my clients and figure out what really is causing them to self-sabotage, what really is why they aren't tracking their food, why they aren't like, you know, why they're doing the action that they're doing from a, a behavioral, from a belief standpoint and identify that and help clients shift that it's when everything changed in my in my coaching and I was able to get so much better results for my clients and so then coaching academy is going to be basically teaching other women or coaches essentially how to work with beliefs and um yeah we affect change at a at a top level yeah we call it transformational coaching right and we've already run you know we've already trained a bunch of coaches in it already um so it's already going like it's happening uh but that's definitely where i see us going so yeah we we talk about this idea of being the transformational coach Mm. you know which is different from the advice giving coach Mm -hmm. where it's like 
to someone who gives advice, right? That's what, what I was. Is like, this works for me. It should, should work for you too. <laughs> Why isn't it working? Yeah, I don't know. It works for me. Like, it's just like, you know, it's just like giving advice. Um, there's like the coach that's just the teacher, which mm. again, I love education. I think education is really valuable, but on a behavioral level, like education doesn't actually change behavior because we all know that we're supposed to like brush our minute teeth for two minutes. And like, does that mean we always we do, do it? <laughs> You know, like there's just a lot of things that we know we're supposed to do and doesn't mean we do it. And so education isn't like the only thing that's going to make a difference. The other thing I saw uh, was just like coaches just cheerleading. Hmm. It's just like, go, you're you awesome. Can you it. can do it. You can like, stick your macros Oh, it's today. okay that you didn't do it this week. You're going to do so much better next week. And while on some like level that feels good, it doesn't actually create long-term change. Right. And, you know, so I, I saw all of these pieces of myself. Like this, this all came about because like, I freaking made all those. Like that all was that was me. That was the type of coach I was. Yeah. It was like the cheerleader, the advice giver, the like, uh, you know, the teacher. And I, at, when I learned how to be the transformational coach, which encompasses those things, like we're not leaving those behind, mm-hmm. but it really allows you to coach from a deep belief shifting level, identify the root cause of what's keeping someone stuck, identify it and then help them shift it. When you can do that, well now all of the all the things clear up and all the all the behaviors follow all the, the behaviors the follow it and they are permanent, which yeah. is the big thing. Is like I saw this was a pattern I saw in my coaching was like I could get clients results, but then like four months later, they'd be coming back being like, can you coach me again? Cause I like fall off the wagon. Mm. And that didn't feel good to me as a coach. Like that's not the type of coach I wanted to be where it was like, I'll help you while you're with me. And then you're, but I haven't set you up for long-term success. I wanted to be able to set people up for long-term success. And that happens when you shift from a belief, from an identity level. And that work is so fun yeah. and I love it so much. And yeah. I have figured out some really important ways to be able to help co- coaches do it. And so that's what I teach. That's awesome. of coaching academy. That's so if that's you and you're listening, you're like, Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I really want to learn to like coach from a deeper transformational level to be able to create that long-term change in clients. You can get on the wait list for coaching Academy. We'll be opening it up one more time this, uh, the end of this year. Uh, so if you go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash cert C E R T it's our coaching Academy certification, our transformational coaching certification. Uh, we'll let you know when that will be opening up and you can come join us in coach Academy. But when you asked where we're going, yeah, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. It's like macros one one. Yes. We, I love that. And I'm not getting rid of that, yeah. but I see the next level of where I can really help people is developing coaches that, um, are, can coach deep, can go deep with their clients. And, you know, to me, that's also like the next level of change that I can create in the world. It's like, I can, you can create change when you change a person. Mm. Um, and especially women, I feel like this is something I get so passionate about. Cause like when you change a woman, you change like a family, mm. you change like a marriage and you change like kids. And like, it just it has this ripple effect, but how awesome would it be if not only I'm not only able to impact women in their own journeys, but I'm able to impact coaches who then go on, on and impact women, right? It's like that exponential factor of right. if I can impact coaches, then they can all go and impact all of these women. And now just like the ability to be able to reach women and serve them has now Maybe. exploded, Yeah, you know? And so yeah. that's what gets me really excited to, to think about what's, what's coming in the future. Super exciting. Looking forward to it. So, Hopefully this was interesting and fun mm-hmm. and insightful, and hopefully you enjoyed seeing uh, TJ and I together. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, now we have like... Oh, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh my 
gosh. Um, uh, bye, bye, bye. Yeah, bye. I did have a song. I can. I don't know it anymore. If you guys ever, you know, ask Amber, maybe she'll maybe she'll make a reel of this. I don't bye, know bye, the song. Dance. I don't know it anymore. Um, like, but I bet you would come back. I, some of it come by. I did in my teenage years. I used to do the whole entire bye 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 dance. I rocked it. It was pretty epic. Yeah, pretty epic. So. Anyway, that wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hey, friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And, you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.